back to Split Decision. This week on episode 32, we're going to recap UFC Vegas 86, Jack Hermanson versus Joe Pfeiffer. Then we're going to draft our top five. This week, it's going to be top California things. Next up, we're going to take a look at UFC 298 in Anaheim, California. Volkanovski versus Taporia for the featherweight belt. And finally, stakes and takes. We're going to reveal the winner of season one. And then as always, pick our top bets ahead of this week's games. But first, don't forget to like, subscribe, and follow. Then head to splitdecisionpod.com where you're going to find all of our recent podcasts, our top fives, and more. Again, that's splitdecisionpod.com. All right, let's go. All right, so UFC Vegas 86 has came and went. We had a surprise in the main event where the gatekeeper, uh, he, he stood his ground at the gate and didn't let the up-and-coming prospect through. But before we get to the main card and the main fights of the night, let's, uh, let's, let's take a look at the prelims. Alex, how'd the prelims go? It was another solid fight, uh, fight week at the Apex. We had uh, 14 fights all night. Not bad, not bad for an Apex card. No, it was uh, no cancellations. I think they were almost like not thinking they were going to get one, but just, you know, they booked it over just thinking that they had a bunch of Vegas fights in a couple weeks in a row. So if anything had to carry over or cancel out, it could. Um, but this was good. So let's kick it right off. Opening up, we had Hyder the Hurricane Emil. He stormed through Fernie Garcia to win by knockout in the second round. This was Fernie Garcia's fourth fight in the UFC, but it was also his fourth loss. Yeah, it might be his last fight in the UFC, unfortunately, for him. I think it might be. And then we go on to Bogdan Guskov. I call him the Uzbek, the Uzbekistani Anthony Smith. Yeah, I didn't see it until I Googled his name, and literally one of the first pictures you see is them two compared to each other. He looks like Anthony Smith without uh, the crazy tattoos. Right. He ended Zach the Ripper Pauga's night with a brutal KO in round one. The Ripper is going to need to find a new victim in the future. The Ripper got reaped. Ooh, that's a good one. Oh, he's, he's going to beat me here. Welterweights Max Payne, Griffin, and Jeremiah Wells took center stage as two UFC vets were looking to rise the ranks. Max inflicted his pain as Jeremiah's well ran dry as a close <laughs> fight ended with Griffin taking the split decision victory. Nothing on that one. That's like all the creative sense I had. Going yeah, keep into. going, keep going. All right, cool. Devin the Brown Bear Clark was turned into a little cub with his loss to Marcine Pracniao. Pracniao walked down Clark, slashing him and utilizing his power to win by unanimous Much decision. Much like a reaper. There you go. The lone woman's fight of the night featured Loma Lukbunki. My apologies if I get that one wrong. Most she, certainly did. Most certainly. She took an, uh, div- took an advantage in her defeating. She really held the pace against Bruno, the special one, Silva. After three rounds of cautious striking, Loma won by unanimous decision, 29-28 on all the three judges' scorecards. Not cards. so special anymore. Following up that snooze fest, we move on to Balaja, the Zulu, Zulu warrior Oki. Got nothing to say on that nickname. Nope, nothing here. Against Timothy Twilight Timmy Kwamba. I got nothing on that one either. Twilight Tim, Timmy's kind of, nah. 
It's it's just not that impressive of a nickname, especially when you get beat. The Zulu yeah, Warrior good night. dictated the pace and threw heavy power to earn the split decision victory over Timmy Kwamba. Moving on to the headliner of the prelims, Trevin the Problem Giles took on Carlos Carloa Prates. Prates was debuting in the UFC and showed Trevin Giles that he actually was not the problem, scoring the KO victory in the second round of the contest, earning himself a 50K performance bonus on the night. And that should pretty much wrap up all the prelims. Let's jump into the main card. Yeah, so let's jump main card, and we're going to start main event. Maybe the biggest surprise of the night, in my opinion, it was Joe Pfeiffer losing uh, by unanimous decision to uh, the Joker Hermanson. Pfeiffer, everybody thought, me included, he's the rising star. He's about to establish himself as a contender in the division, like a championship contender with this win. And instead, Hermanson, Joker, he's a gatekeeper, as I said before. That's what he's quote-unquote known as. Yeah. Well, he stood his ground, and he proved that there's levels to this, and he's still probably on that upper echelon in the division, and that Pfeiffer still has a, a he. I don't think this eliminates him from being like a title contender in the future, but he still has a little bit to go to get there. Yeah, it, it definitely showed that more he, well-rounded. That Hermanson was a di- on a different level. Well-rounded is a, a great way to say it. Pfeiffer did have moments in the fight. He showed some Especially power early. I think he won the first round, possibly the second round. Heavy aggression. I think the difference here was this was Pfeiffer's longest fight in his career, number one. So then you take that into Hermanson. There's a big jump up in competition for him, too. Right. You take that to Hermanson, who's got some uh, experience there. Fought a lot of top guys. Knows what he, what it takes to go 15 or five rounds, I should say. Sorry, 25 minutes. I think this is a big one. Big one for Hermanson as well, not only just being the, you know, not wanting to be seen as the gatekeeper or uh, kind of the stepping stone for a guy to get into the top 15. He also defended six takedown attempts well against Piper. There's a, he showed exactly why he deserves to be in the top 15 in the middleweights. So I agree with that. Who's next? Well, he I called think, out Nasruddin Imovov. I think that's the fight that makes sense. Everybody ahead of him, a lot of the other ranked guys have fights already, or they, you know, stuff's going on. I think that's the fight to make. Right, Imovov. So the, that's that's one. The other I got Chris Curtis, just because his fight. I can't remember. It's it's either coming up like in the next week or two, so it's kind of the same timeline for recovery, or well, he, he just have fought a, a couple weeks ago. That's what it was. So the timeline for recovery is similar. Because he's also it's between Imovov, Chris Curtis, and now Hermanson. Like, well, some my, kind of fight between them. My third option would be if Chris Curtis and Imovov get lined up, you pair Hermanson versus Dolidze, who just lost to Imovov because Hermanson's lost to Imovov or Dolidze in the past. So Try a to rematch give him a chance to redeem that. Redeem that kind of two almost different. You know, Imovov beat Dolidze, so it's a different trajectory right now. I think that would be a good, any one of those three, but I personally would love to see his call out, Nasruddin Imovov, as the next fight. So let's move to the Komei now, and this is probably the most exciting finish of the night. Dan 50K Ige lived up to the name, knocked out Andre Touchy Feely first round, and it was an impressive knockout. Yeah, just under three minutes, he walked in. Feely was showing his, like, usual aggression. He was trying to dictate the pace. But Danny Gay walked in proving, trying to prove a point. 
walked in with very hardcore power. Man, he hit him with just one uncorked a right hand, just one right hand, dropped him. Had a follow-up that bounced his head off the canvas. Yeah, and, and you talk about bounce. He was out cold once. He was dazed on the ground, and then that— The second one was just sleep the basketball USA. dribble. Yeah, basketball yeah. dribble off the canvas. He was done. That was another fight. Danny Gay won 50K on the uh, performance bonus. Earned his nickname, Dan 50K Gay. Who do, you, who do you think he's fighting next? So he called out Diego Lopez. I would like to see that. That would or, be an exciting fight. And then he also called out the loser of Yair Rodriguez versus Brian Ortega. That would be a good fight. Also, it's refreshing to hear a guy that's like, He's not dumb. He knows he's not going to get the winner of that fight because the winner of that fight is probably fighting for the title. Right. That's a smart one to be like, I'll take whoever loses that. The only other one I picked in the division that kind of had some time open that, you know, deserved Dan Ige's time, you know, because you expect somebody with Dan Ige's record, his, you know, reputation to get a up fight, not a down fight, right? So I think Arnold Allen would be a top option as well. If, That'd be a good you know, fight if they too. could line up any one of those other three, because he was trying to say for uh, Mexican Independence Week at the Sphere or um, the other fight being a little bit later down the line, you know, for uh, maybe International Fight Week or something like that. Yeah. But I don't know. Any of those options would be great. Let's go forward now to another close contest. It was a really a card filled with, you know, decisions, which is good in a way because it showed us a lot of good fights. And it was one it was one rare one where the judges didn't fucking ruin it. You know, for all the fights in general. Robert Brickcheck versus Ehor the Duelist Proteria. Both fighters showcased very good striking skills, big power. But later on into the fight, I think Proteria moving down a weight class helped him develop this more power. Brickcheck's first UFC fight too, and he it wasn't a bad performance from him, but you, you could see the guy, even though he's one and three in the UFC in Proteria, he had the experience of that level. Well, it's like you said with the the Pfeiffer fight. There's levels to it. So when you go from kind of dominating your regional circuit, even if you did well in the contender series, you have to understand that everybody in the contender series is coming off of their regional circuit. So Brickcheck coming into the UFC, his first fight in the UFC, facing real UFC heat from gotta, a guy who moved down in weight class. It's got to feel good for Patera, too, because he's lost his last two fights by KO. Right. Before coming into this, and he fought a guy that pretty much all he does is KO people. Yeah, he kept he kept Brickcheck. Patera kept Brickcheck at range uh, in the second and third round. He held, you know, strong defense, and all of that really edged Pateria forward on the cards. Overall, the pressure from Proteria really dictated that unanimous decision victory. He didn't have any call-outs because, you know, he is new to the weight class. It is really his debut as well. Two and three in the UFC, so it's kind of like you take what you get. Right. He said that he cut 32 pounds in six days, and he still missed weight by like three pounds for this fight. That's not good. But That didn't bode well for the future, him being in this division. Right. I think moving forward, if he's going to move forward, he's going to make weight. You know, he's got to stay in this division, but he can't, you know, be up anymore. He can't do that patty the batty routine where he uh, gets big and then has to cut 50 pounds before a fight. Yeah. So let's move on to the next fight. Michael Johnson, Darius Flowers. Michael Johnson, one of the guys that's been in the UFC for the longest. He's fought some of the best guys, and his experience uh, showed in this fight. 
Right, but before we do that, let's talk about uh, Gregory Robocop, Rodriguez, and Brad Tavares. I did skip a fight, didn't I? Uh, yeah, I, dude, I panicked for a second, and then I was like, oh, we should pause. But nah, let's just move move right through yeah, it. Yeah, we did. I did skip that one. Robocop, and this was the best. Besides Dan Ige, this was the best finish of the uh, This of the was main my card. personal favorite fight of the night. I don't see how you can't like Robocop. He's impressive. He avenged my man, Chris Weidman. He's impressive. He looks like he's having fun out there. He's smiling. He's exciting. And he avenged Chris Weidman's leg. Yeah, that dude. Brad Tavares walking out in that last fight just... It made me want this TKO for Gregory Rodriguez, possibly more than he wanted yeah, it for himself. Rodriguez was beating him up, winning the whole fight, and then finally got the finish right uh, in the third round. Yeah, I think a mi- under a minute, 55, yeah, 55 seconds. 55 seconds? Yeah. It was but a good yeah. fight. Good um, fight, good showing, good way to get the finish. After, even though you're winning the fight, he went for it and got the finish. DC made some, some impre- uh, not impressive, DC is impressive, but the comments weren't impressive. Some insightful comments about how everybody's always talking about uh, robocop being a, a grappling specialist but he's had so many ko's in the ufc he's had like he five so or six much power he's not even had to use all his wrestle maybe his wrestling defense he's had to use a little bit but you know just great for great for him moving forward you know he's ha- like you said happy guy that's five his last five fights now have been finishes i he's think lost for one him of those, but still i think for him who we have next you know in the in his division Middleweights, of course. Possibly the winner or loser of the Anthony Hernandez Roman Coppola fight from this. From we'll, we'll be talking about for this coming week. Yeah. Um, the only other one is Abbas Magomedov, Abbasupian Magomedov. He I'll lost like to, to Sean, Sean Strickland. You know, it, he's a tough middleweight fighter, but I think it's pretty. You know, now that. Tavares lost to Rodriguez. That that rank is going to be swapping, right? So I think it's time for Rodriguez to truly be tested. Yeah, I think he's a guy moving up the ladder, as we say. So now let's move to Michael Johnson. Michael Johnson, a 37-year-old, taking on Darius Flowers, a 29-year-old. Both guys similar. Uh, you know, they don't have the same stance and everything, but similar game plan going into a fight where yeah. they're standing up. Definitely similar game plan coming into a fight is the right way to say it because I'll be honest with you, I should have watched film like I normally do. I decided to be cocky and say that um, Michael Johnson was old and kind of washed and Darius Flowers having a similar style, or at least what I would say was a similar style prior to the fight. Michael Uh, Johnson won every round in this fight. Absolutely. Darius Flowers with the karate style, that's a hard fight to win. That is a hard fight to win, having a style like that. There's a good showing from Johnson, too. He's fun fighting a guy that, you know, knocked guys out. He got knocked out in his last fight, lost six out of his last eight. So it was a very good performance and good win. He showed he still, you know, he still has it. You can't just throw anybody out there and he's they're going to beat him. Right. He, he rendered the, the style of Flowers useless. He had good defense. He picked his pace. This was a nice matchup by the UFC for... Michael Johnson. Yeah, 30-27 across all the cards. Michael Johnson wins. No call out. Yeah, I think he's a guy. He's, he's just trying to fight. Yeah. yeah, he's just trying he to fight. He knows he probably doesn't have a legitimate shot at the title. So he's, and, just, he's just trying to fight. Right. And look, we if we got anything right, me and you called this fight, this next fight, the main card opener, Rodolfo, the black belt hunter, Vieira, facing Armin, Superman, Petrosi. Yeah, it's a guy, a stand-up guy versus a ground guy. And we called it. I'm happy when we do something like this to say that the 
uh, especially how we did it. We said that, that if the hands are somewhat equal, Vieira's going to win because he is a— Because he's the ground— And typically he, when you have a ground guy versus a— A strong ground guy. Very strong ground guy, yeah, versus— a, I mean, your, your nickname is the Black Belt Hunter, and he, he lives on that, you know— uh, Petrosian is a black belt, not in jujitsu, but it's in like kickboxing or something like that. Um, you know, so good for him. Got claimed another one for the for the record. Once again, no call out, but that's now six out of his seven fights in the UFC premiere have ended in submissions. That's a and he's good won record. five of those. And he's not he's got hands, dude. He's got hands. That's Striking. what makes him so uh so dangerous. He can stand with you and then God forbid you get to the ground with him. I think, I think Vieira is going to be a good threat at middleweight. Okay, with the UFC traveling to Anaheim, California this week, our top five is going to be the top five California things. Uh, so pretty much any California noun you can think of eligible for this list. And Alex, I believe you have the first pick. So whenever you're ready, let's kick it off. I'm going to go with a guy, a positive guy, a workhorse. I think it's positive, and some people might not think that. Well, they can go fuck themselves. I'm going with Kobe Bryant. Rest in peace. Oh, so you're going with a man from Pennsylvania who has a California memorialized. The Lakers in California. On the side of a mountain. Oof. Ouch. Yeah, I'm going with Maybe Kobe Maybe I went Bryant. too far. Yeah, you might have just a touch, but all right. We'll recover. I mean, he's a great player. But <laughs> Jesus. I love Kobe, too. I'm just trying to shit on your pick. But yeah, great pick, Kobe <laughs> God. Yeah. All right. Kobe Bryant, number one, one. Huh. What is your one, what one, else sir? What can we say from that? All right, so let's get back on the, the right track. My yeah. number one is actually similar to your number one. Why did you choose violence like that? <laughs> My number one's very similar to your number one. I'm going to go... A dead guy? The professional sports. Professional sports. California has the most professional sports team out of any state in the union. They have multiple in every single sport. Is your pick professional sports? California professional sports. One, one. They have the most out of anybody. <laughs> that is the stupidest pick I've they ever football, heard. But okay. They have the most. They have multiple football teams. They have multiple basketball teams. They have multiple baseball teams. Multiple hockey teams. They have a team in every sport that has been good. Won championships. Won multiple championships. That's the richest of, of Richie picks. When you think of professional sports in America, a California team is always going to be one of the top ones. Including the LA Lakers. Yeah, but you're saying San Francisco quantity 49ers. is better than quality. No, here. they have both. It's their sports team. No, no, because of their quantity. No, that was they one of the reasons. They have to have one quantity <laughs> no, 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 that no. works. Like That's, the Dodgers spending every dollar under the sun. You're trying to reach because I made a Kobe joke. Cope harder. Imagine if, imagine if Vanessa heard this. California, I hope she does. I genuinely hope Vanessa hears this. Yeah, I would love for her to hear this. So, California sports team, uh, professional sports team is my 1-1. One, one, my 1-2, one, excuse me. The 1-2. What's my number 2 over my 2? Not even overall. 
I can't get a hold. Your my second third overall, overall. Your second my overall second, pick. Yeah. What's it gonna be? My number two is gonna be very general. Oh, the Another, California Pro Sports wasn't general. It's gonna be Hollywood in general. The whole movie industry, like Harvey Weinstein. You're supporting that now too, right? Like Titanic, like everything you've ever watched. Like Airbud. Like Airbud. Harvey Weinstein was the executive producer of <laughs> Airbud. Got him. <laughs> like uh, The Godfather. Like Quentin Tarantino. I wish you would have just named like a movie that was filmed in like New Orleans or something. Yeah, I was making sure not to say like Marvel or anything. <laughs> yeah, you gotta you gotta be very but very California, careful. California, I mean, that's where the world's film industry. Like, you talk to anybody in the entire world and you say Hollywood, they know exactly what you're talking. Look, about. I'll be honest, it's on the list. It it, it is it is up there. I, I'll I'll see you with that. So my number two is Hollywood. What's your number two? My number two. I'm gonna nitpick you out here is the Hollywood sign. You know, it's a big touristy thing. It's an iconic landmark. I like how we're choosing violence in this one. I don't know why we're doing this, but this is what's happening. This is So this you, you picked like a bunch of wood. I picked a sign that is iconic. People want know, pictures of it. Do you even it's know? It's a tourist the, attraction. Do you know the origin of it? Because I looked it up. What is it? They were building a neighborhood and they were trying to advertise the neighborhood as Hollywood land. And that's what it originally was, Hollywood land. Then nice. the county bought it, and we're like, "Now fuck this. We're gonna take off land. We're gonna take off land and like make this like a thing." You know, I, I saw it. It's pretty cool, but it is hard as shit to get to. Oh yeah, I mean, you gotta like hike. I'm saying like driving to it. It's just like, oh, you gotta go here and then here and then here. It's, oh it, yeah, yeah, it's a hassle. It's a pretty cool sign though. It is obviously an iconic landmark. That's why I'm going with it. My second overall California thing. When you think about California, it's one of those, you know, it's in the Full House intro. Like, come on. The Hollywood sign's not in the Full House intro. Watch it at 100%. Full House is in San Francisco. Oh, shit. I'm an idiot. <laughs> the Golden Gate Bridge might be in that. It is in that. I'm an idiot. <laughs> Ixnay on that. My third pick is going to be the Hollywood Walk of Fame to further nitpick your Hollywood pick. To no, kind that of just take means all the, mine is better. You're no, just it just takes all the good things from your shitty generalization. No, you're taking of both the, of your picks so far. I'm the only one willing to be oh, wait precise. Till, wait till my next pick. The Hollywood Walk of Fame, all the good guys and some bad people have stars. Harvey Weinstein. Hey, look, you did it too. It happens. What's your third pick? My third pick, this is actually my guest pick. This is from Damn, Clara. your guest pick made top three yes it's iconic oh okay. i had to listen to her you she, had to listen well, to listen, her she actually lived in california have we lived in california i've been you've been she lived there she knows it's gonna be the california bear it's on the flag it has one of the coolest flags it's an icon of california uh is it is very she, cool the bear p- specifically yes the california bear that's pretty much what it's known as it's the state animal the grizzly bear fun fact Grizzly bears haven't even been in California since 1924 because we killed them all. <laughs> Hell yeah. America. <laughs> and then they made it the state animal. But the California grizzly bear, it's iconic. It's on the flag. I mean, everybody knows it. Yeah. It's, uh, what, what, is the, what, is, what are the words on the flag? California Republic. California Republic. I wanted to say the Republic of California. Yeah, that is a, that is a pretty solid pick. The Cali bear. So that's my third one, and now it's my fourth one? Fourth pick, sir. So where do I go with four? Where do I go with four? I've already kind of generalized myself out of 
Maybe some of my picks. Maybe you go with a person. Maybe a Gavin Newsom type. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Silicon Valley. <laughs> Silicon Valley. I mean, every major. Uh, yeah, if you want to be judged for sure, go there. Every, Me and you would not last like every major minutes. invention or technological advancement of the past like 25 years. Has originated out of there. They should rename it to Gatekeep City. I mean, Apple, Google, Yahoo. Yahoo! You remember when that was all around? Yeah. Used to be a Super Bowl commercial. But yeah, Silicon Valley, every great piece of technology from there, I think it's iconic for California. That's my fourth pick. That's pretty solid. Pretty solid. My fourth pick's going to be Disneyland. I had it on my list. That's a good pick. Yeah, I went there. Uh, I mean, it is the inferior. It definitely Disney is the inferior, but it's pretty cool. They uh, they now have some Marvel stuff that the other one does. You know, so now they're not doing them like identical. Yeah. But with less, they're doing different at each. So now it's almost like a money grab force you into going to both. Uh, but yeah, that, that's pretty cool. Disneyland, it's an attraction. I would say that everybody should go once in their life to both. At least at this point, it's pretty... Both places are pretty cool. A lot of fun. Obviously, iconic. I think that's kind of what we're going with here. Not a a bad pick. Right. What you got for... uh, It's your fifth pick. You get the fifth. I know. I'm trying to think. I was trying to stall. Can you not be so smart? There's a lot of ways to go. Uh, Man, my fifth pick... I'm going to go with Napa Valley. Oh, that was going to be my pick. Another another good location, another iconic location. It's wine country, as they say. We're going up to wine country. It's not going to be a big deal. Napa Valley, get you some good drink going on. Get you some uh, sommeliers telling you about some, some oak flavor, some apple scents, and some notes of tree bark. Making you feel good about your uh, $780 six-ounce flight of wine. Napa Valley is my fifth pick. It's not a bad pick. Not a bad pick. Um, I have a lot of ways I can go. There's fast food I could go. Iconic fast food. Ooh, like, never mind. Not even the one you're thinking of. There's an even more iconic one that's from California. The ice cream one? No. Oh. Uh, But I'm going to go nature. I'm going to go the giant redwoods as my fifth pick. Uh, The trees, if you ever have seen them, they're like unbelievably big. It's they just are. like a natural wonder where it's like, how the fuck did this Aren't happen? they all like a couple hundred years old? Yeah, they're all super old, super tall, super wide. Like, and they're still all growing, right? Or not all, but there's... there's but there's a whole forest of it. It's like unfathomable how big they are. It's a very cool thing to see. Uh, so yes, that's my fifth and final pick. Do you have any good uh, honorable mentions? Um, I didn't want to pick it because we were choosing violence for whatever reason for the top five. So I... Uh, Staved away from Comic Con, San Diego Comic Con. Oh, I would have roasted you. Right, but I mean, it is a it is a big thing in uh, California. George Lucas is from California. It's not a bad. Tony name. Stark. Tony Stark. Arnold Schwarzenegger, the governor. I had. He's not from there, obviously, but he's he was a governor. governor. I had Ronald Reagan. Alcatraz. <laughs> I had Alcatraz. Ronald Reagan, governor of California. Um, in and Out Burger, but McDonald's was started in California. Uh, was it started or stolen? It was started. The first McDonald's. Where was it stolen? The first McDonald's was in California. The 
uh, first franchise, I believe, was in like Indiana or something. That's okay. the one I stole one. Uh, Golden um, Gate Bridge, obviously. Skateboards. The Dude from Death, The Big Lebowski. Death Valley. Avocados. Like 90% of America's avocados come from California. Big Bear National Park. Big Bear. So some good ones. But the to, Gold Rush. The Gold Rush. The 49ers. 49ers. Lakers. You know, you said sports teams, so that kind of yeah. wrapped them all up into one. Yeah, um, so let's recap. My number one <laughs> was... <laughs> See, even when you're laughing about it, you understand how stupid it, it no, is. It's, not a good, it's a great pick. California professional sports teams. Number two, Hollywood. Number three, the California Bear. Number four, Silicon Valley. Number five, the Giant Redwoods. Overall, that is a solid top five, even though number one is a foolish pick. Number one, Kobe Bryant. Number two, Hollywood Sign. Number three, the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Number four, Disneyland. And number five, Napa Valley. I'd like to follow it up to say that I did have a few uh, bottom five of California's on my list. We had homelessness. Gavin Newsom, as you mentioned earlier. Gavin Newsom. (laughs) Corruption. Taxes. Liberals. And that is all. (laughs) Well, there you have it. California top five. Second pay-per-view of the year is here. It's in Anaheim, California, and it's this weekend. UFC 298 has a great main card, uh, a title fight, a lot of big names on it. And we're going to start off with the main card opener, the pay-per-view opener, and it's Roman Kopilov, the 32-year-old Russian, taking on Anthony Hernandez, the 30-year-old American. Kopilov 12-2, Hernandez 11-2. What do you think about this fight? This is a fun one. The traditional uh, clash of styles. You got Fluffy Hernandez coming in with two KO victories, seven subs, two decisions. Yeah, I think we. this is just kind of like one of the fights we talked about in the last card, the opener of that main card. Oh, Vieira Petrosian? It was a obvious striker taking on a ground guy, but a ground guy that has some hands too because I think Hernandez has some hands. One of the things that kind of paints the picture for why this matchup was made is the two career Roman Kapilov losses, one submission, one decision shows that he's weaker on the ground than he is. Cause he's never been finished any other type of way than submission. Obviously he's a KO artist with 11 KO victories Coming off of a nice body KO. He's never subbed anybody. So it's that kind of deficiency that they want to test. They want to know can he be trusted to move on? Because everybody in the top 10 of the middleweight division can throw down. Yeah, everybody can knock somebody out. But can you wrestle? Can you keep it interesting on the ground? Or is somebody like uh, Renato Moicano just going to lay on you for 15 minutes like you did against Drew Dober and win the fight that way? No, they want competition, and this is how you root it out. I think Anthony Hernandez is going to win the fight. This would be his fifth straight win if he wins. Defend his number 14 rank in the middleweight division. And I think he's going to do that because he's only ever really been tested in a couple of fights heavily. But he can knock people out when he needs to. He's a submission artist. I think he's got what it takes to beat Roman Kapilov this weekend. I actually agree with you on this one. God damn it, here we go. I think uh, I think it's going to be a, a case where he can hang. Hernandez can hang on the feet. He can more than hold himself on the feet. I know Kapilov's great on the feet uh, striking. 
But Hernandez, his ground game is going to be the difference. And I think because of that, I'm picking Hernandez as well. Let's go. Did we look up how to say Marab's last name? Uh, we did not. And I think even if I looked it up, it would be hard for me to say. All right, let's so move on. So we're just going to call Marab the machine. Everybody knows who we're talking about. Ranked two in the bantamweight division. Arguably, he should be getting a title shot, but he stupidly... In fact, Dana White said he would get a title shot, but he didn't want to fight Aljo. He's such an idiot. It, like, it will an idiot in the terms of I don't want to fight my friend for the belt. Hey man, if I'm the number two and you're the number one and it stands for me to get paid. We gotta do what we gotta do. We gotta do what we gotta do. I'll love you to the end of time. Well, that's but, what Dana was pretty much saying is like plenty of guys of friends have fought each other in the UFC. Yeah, look at last week. Danny Gay Andrew, Andrew yeah. uh touchy feely. But he's taking on Henry Cejudo. Cejudo, I mean, say what you want about the guy. He has one of the best resumes in mixed martial arts history. Including an Olympic gold medal. Yeah, look, um, he, he's coming off a loss to Aljamain Sterling, but prior to that, he had three KOs in a row. But the only problem was those three KOs were all in 2020, 2019. You're right. He had one fight since then, and it was last year, and he lost to Aljo. So how's he going to look? He's 37 years old. Does he still have it? He's taking on a, a guy in Marab who cardio is his main weapon. He's going to wear guys out. Yeah, the man's got 12 decision victories. He's got lungs for days. And he days. just wears on you, and he just keeps coming. And I mean, He's going he to have pressure. Look what he did to Peter Yan in his last fight. Yeah, he just he, like, walked dominated. him down. We've, never, we've seen Peter Yan lose. We've never seen him get dominated. Marab just dominated. Right. Watching that fight, it made Peter Yan look washed. Yeah, it was like, how is Peter Yan washed? Because Peter Yan lost to Aljamain Sterling to a little legal knee. So it was like, oh, well, he's up there at the top. And then, and then he, he had fights. a controversial loss to Sean O'Malley, right. which a lot of people had Jan winning the fight, but you could have gave it to O'Malley. But then you go to this fight, and it's like a completely different guy. And it's like, no, th this guy doesn't change like I this think that in shows one year. how crazy Marab's, how Marab's cardio is and how, how good he is. And he's, in Cejudo, though, he is a like. He has very good game plans. He's very, he has a lot of IQ MMA. So how's he going to game plan for and look. To, I guess to Cejudo's credit, even when he's not fighting, he's around the fights. He's always a coach. He's in somebody's corner. He always corner. does those videos where he breaks down fights, and he's very good at it. Right. Like you he, see, he sees things and talks about things like, oh, shit. He understands. So I, it's not to say that he can't come out and win. He makes the most out of his talent. I just think Marab is the fresher fighter. I yeah, think Marab is going to come out and win. A little stat for you. Marab is 8-0 since 2018 as the favorite. Another kind of bad stat to back that one up, though. Cejudo is 3-0 and since 2018 as the favorite. So, I don't know, but I'm going to go with my gut. Marab. Yeah. I think Devaldishvili. I'm as... taking the machine, Marab. I think... Um, there you go, the machine. He's a guy rising, Cejudo. I don't want to say he's going down, but he's kind of stagnant. I think, you know, he's had his peak in his career. So, I got Marab. All right. Move it on. Another hateable fighter coming up. For you or for me? I think in general, a lot of people don't like this guy. Yeah, I liked him. But he's very talented and he's a, a very good fighter. Liked him a lot up until like July. If you just didn't know anything about him, like I would love him. If yeah, I just watched his fights, if I just watched his fights, I would love him. We got Jeff, Hands of Steel Neal in the welterweight division, taking on the undefeated Ian, the future Gary, 13-0, seven KOs, one submission, the five decisions. Irish superstar. He's replacing Connor, who won't fight McGregor. Maybe. 
We'll see. Can he take on and win against Jeff Neal, who's 15-5? and five? He has nine KO victories, two submissions, four decisions. I mean, he's 7-3 and three in the UFC. Jeff Neal's, like, a lot of people don't, res- I'm not going to say respect him, but he, like, he has an impressive resume. He's a guy that you can't mess around with. No, they do kind of not respect him, though. They kind of, they don't talk shit on him, but they, they make him, when they're choosing his fights, they, they do the whole... Uh, gatekeeper thing you know you're gonna be the stepping stone for my new highlight and they make him fight everybody which is good for jeff neal it kind of proves that he's you know he is that dude most of the time i think this is one of the times where he's not in gary's six and oh in the ufc three ko's three decisions his striking is good his ground game is solid this fight can go either way in terms of being a stand-up fight or a mixture of a ground you know takedown sub type of fight i think ian gary's gonna go 14 and 0 odds are looking minus 235 for a reason i don't know i don't i'm not ballsy enough at this point in our brand new season to say oh he's gonna win by knockout he pulled out of his last fight so i don't know why ian gary did that but i think he's gonna come out strong and win this fight yeah, I got Ian Gary as well. I think he moves seven zero. I think he, uh, despite what you what everybody thinks about him, he's a great, he's a talented fighter, and he can. I think he can compete at the top of the division. So let's move to the co-main now. From a fighter, a lot of people don't like to I think a fighter everybody loves, Robert the Reaper Whitaker. That's the one everybody loves. He's the one everybody loves. Bobby Knuckles. 24 and 70 is coming off of a surprising uh, knockout loss to Drakus. The, the now, now middleweight champ. champ, though. The I now mean, champ, you gotta, so. Now at this point, we can't, even if we don't like it. So his only recent losses are to Adesanya and champ uh, and champ and to Drakus. So it's like, okay. Yeah. I mean, the dude's, the dude's a killer. And Robert Whitaker's a dog. And he's taking on Paulo Costa, who 14 and 2, great record. Was 12 and 0. He's lost two out of his last three. He did win his last fight against Luke Rockhold. I mean, gassed in that fight, dude. It was a it, it was a uh, slugfest. But yes, they were by the end of it, neither one of them could even stand up straight. So if he if, does that against Robert Whitaker. If, Robert is killing him. I think so. If Paulo Costa, Paulo Costa, Paulo Costa has to go to decision with Luke Rockhold. What does a fresh, fresh out of a good camp Robert Whitaker do? What does Bobby Knuckles do? I think Bobby Knuckles finishes Paula Costa. I think so, too. I think, I think he's going to outbox him, frustrate him, and then catch him like Izzy did. Right. And just beat the shit out of him. Because at this point, Costa's kind of, you know, he's in purgatory, right? You know, he's, the UFC's not very happy pa- with Costa's him. Costa's got to prove he still has it. Right. He's been so over- until he does that. Not yeah. overweight, but he's been, you know, coming in lazy a lot of a lot of times. Like you said to me before, a lot of talent, but he's wasting it. Yeah. It, he's either got to be serious about it or not, and I think that's what we're going to see here is that Robert Whitaker is going to come out very serious because he got beat last time, and we're going to have to see what Costa does. I don't think he's going to stand up to the challenge. I think Robert Whitaker wins. Agreed. So let's move on to the main event now. Alexander the Great Volkanovski, and he's proved that through and through again. Turns to featherweight. Defending his featherweight title against El Matador. Ilya Teporia. Who's a scary guy. He's an impressive guy. Undefeated, 14-0. 7-0 in the UFC. 
So Volk is, is this where Volk goes down, or is he still? How bad is? What's his response to getting KO'd? All right, so Volk is twenty six and three, right? Twenty six and three. His two losses in the UFC in the past 11, 10, 11 years were to Islam. He's thirteen and two in the UFC. Thirteen. So his only two losses in the his UFC. Last two fights against Islam were only two losses in the UFC. Two of three losses in his career. His first loss in his career was in 2013, pre-haircut. That's important to mention. A lot of fighters pre-haircut change post-haircut. Yes, that is a stat people we're, take we're, notice. We're paying of. attention. I mean, Volk is, with his resume, it's hard to he's bet, the goat bet against him. I think. Close odds, minus 130 for Volk, plus 110 for Taporia. But who has Taporia fought? He's beaten... Notable names are the two I'll say, Bryce Mitchell and Josh Emmett. But he finishes guys. He finishes he guys. He submitted Bryce Mitchell, which is like a... He did. He didn't finish Josh Emmett. Yeah, he didn't finish Josh Emmett, and but Josh Emmett... we thought that Josh Emmett was going to be like kind of washed. His last fight And was, then he came out and, like you said, he reset Bryce Mitchell. I've never seen somebody like get knocked out like that from hands. Yeah, that was bad, bad. That was crazy. That was like a... Oh, made me want to go video, hug my man. Mom. Like a guy not fighting, a non-fighter getting punched by a fighter. Yeah, it was bad. Um, I, it's hard to bet on Vol- bet against Volk. Taporia is on a six-fight win streak, and he is talking some mad shit. He is talking a lot of mad shit. I think Taporia has kind of a better, a slight, slight advantage in submissions. You know, on the ground, but. Volk didn't lose to Islam. He didn't lose to Makachev by submission. He lost to him by decision. Yeah, but that's all he was focused on. Right. He's not gonna. It's not gonna be all he's focused on right here. So he could catch Volk in different positions, and Islam caught him. I think Volk going back to his home in the featherweight division is going to do exactly what he needs. I think he's gonna win. I think Volk retains his belt, and I think he. I think he takes 2024 in just a defense, a defend his belt type of year. He's not going to be going back up to try to take a third shot against Makachev or anybody. I think he's just going to sit in featherweight. Well, he said, he said, he didn't say Islam, but he said 155 is definitely on the table still. Yeah, you just, what, who are you going to fight? Michael Chandler? Well, I mean, if he doesn't want to cut weight anymore, he can move to the, he's oh, just stay there. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, he'll definitely do, he just doesn't need to fight Makachev anymore for sure. I think Volkanovski's going to win. I think he's going to retain his belt. And, you know, I, I think he just I'm, has what it takes. I'm going to take a leap of faith since this is the first week and I lost last season by one game in oh, picks. Oh, oh, oh. I think this, I got to start taking more leaps of faith. My initial gut feeling, and my initial gut feeling is there's something happens when you get to a certain age in MMA and you, start, and you lose, even if it's losses where, you know, it's against great guys. I think those losses... And Volk being 35, that's usually around the time careers start turning down. I think Taporia might be the challenger in 145 to finally get Volk. Volk's not unbeatable anymore. People have seen him lost. Yes, it was against a great guy, but it like it put something in your mind. I think Taporia rises to the occasion, and this is a new era in uh, this division. I got Ilya Taporia. I think he might knock Alexander Volkanovsky out fourth round, fifth Oof, we'll see.
All right, stakes and takes. Let's wrap up season one. How'd you do last week in UFC, Christian? Uh, I did about as average as you can get. Three wins, three losses. Honestly, really, that Joe Pfeiffer loss. Uh, we both had it, but yeah. that, that one hurt. Yeah, I did four that was very, That's probably the fight I was most confident in on this card. I, it really was. I, I thought that was kind of my my favorite fight coming in was that one. And then I also picked uh, Bryce Jack. Bryce Jack? Brick Check. Brick Check, yes. Yeah. He lost, and then I picked, this is a dumb pick too, Darius Flowers over Michael Johnson. Yeah, watching tape on him. All the guys I picked got finishes, though. I'll take that. It was good. It was a good fight card. I went four and two. You went three and three. Uh, we had Super Bowl. I went one and zero oh on the Super Bowl. Let's go Chiefs. Three Super Bowl rings for Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, impressive. You want to break down that game right after we uh, not break down a little recap right after we go I mean, over our picks. Yeah, but yeah, I had that too. Obviously, the game, but I had the 49ers, and they lost heartbreaking fashion. That's when the 49ers they got to be. That one's got to hurt because they could have easily won that game. Yeah, they um, could have. It was up there for them to win, for sure. And then I think we did each did four pick-your-own-picks. Yep, I did four NBA. I went two and two. I thought the Pelicans were going to beat the Lakers. They didn't. And I thought the Nuggets were going to beat the Kings. Dude, the Kings beat the Nuggets by like 32 points or 27 points. It, it happens. was a lot. It happens it was a in lot. the NBA. What did you do for yours? So I did three soccer, one uh, college basketball how to work out? Uh, two wins, two losses, so still average. Okay, just not a great week overall. Yeah. So the this one, I had Man City winning over Everton. They won. I had Arsenal beating West Ham. They dominated. The Dude, one that Arsenal's really had six goals. Yeah, it was crazy. That was a monster performance. It was a great performance from them. The was one that, that really did anybody get a hat trick or double or anything? Uh, Saka, I believe. Cool. He got a brace, not a hat trick. So that's two. A goals. brace is two. Two goals. What do they call a single? Just a goal. Just a goal. Sick. <laughs> but then the loss that really fucked me was Barcelona losing to almost last place Granada. Not well, they losing. didn't lose. They drew three three. But like that's pretty much a loss. And look, for me to know they drew, that must be important because I was nail biting three three, and they almost lost. I was nail biting because that single pick. Well, I guess the Super Bowl was technically the final pick of the weekend. It was a Super Bowl. But those the the final two picks for you, Barcelona beating Granada, Drew with Granada. Yeah. A draw or your pick was them beating. But yeah, they they're both drew. heartbreaking and the 49ers losing. And 49ers losing. And that's how you won season 1. Caused us oh, Caused me had, by the way Gonzaga losing to Kentucky and Gonzaga in fact beat Kentucky. Right, yeah. Caused me to win 210 picks to 112 losses. Christian had 209 wins and 113 losses. It was an impeccable first Literally season. Literally one game. That's One crazy. game. Dude, but that, that just goes to show you. And it was a Super Bowl in overtime. That just goes to show you how everything is. Everything. It's the perfect name. Split decision. It's, it's this close all the time. For bets last week, I did four and one. I I got wrong not a lot. It was it was more just frustrating because the Nuggets of like I said got beat by the Kings. I know it happens, but it's frustrating because it's the Joker. It was this, he's been so dominant. They've been so good all season and they just got blown out. Yeah. Went 4 and 1 on bets. Chiefs, 3 UFC bets, RoboCop, Poteria, 
Vieira. And then we tied. We tied the same in the amount of wins. 90 wins. Yeah, because I went three and two last week. And I like I just wanted there to be a, a some sort of concession. And again, the 49 the Super Bowl. If the Super Bowl wins, goes the other way, the Niners. You win. I you win, win both. both. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy, right? That's but see, that just goes to show you can't bet against the Chiefs. Yeah, that's literally <laughs> the last time. Well, I even said it coming in, and I was like, "This is stupid." There was a couple weeks prior to that where you bet against the Chiefs as well, and I just never did. Yeah, I think that's kind of the rule moving forward: is you just don't bet against. I kept the saying Chiefs. that to myself, but I was rooting against them, and I let my emotions take hold of me. This is going to be a good season, though. Before we get into this season's antics and what we're going to do. Let's talk Super Bowl 58. Heartbreaking yeah, loss for the 49ers. 10-0. Second Super Bowl. This is the second time they played the Chiefs in, what, four years in the Super Bowl? Yeah, they played it in 2020. Second time they've blown a 10-point lead. Every Super Bowl that Patrick Mahomes won has won with a 10-point deficit. With, di- yeah, 10-point dip deficit. They came back. They won in overtime. Mahomes was clutch. Kelsey, it wasn't doing much the whole game. In the end, he ended up being clutch. Hey, uh, if you got a rub up on Andy Reid to get that juju back. You got to rub up hey, on Andy Reid to do. get that juju back. My boy does what he got to do. I'm going to say it. I don't think Patrick Mahomes is on his way to a dynasty. Well, no, he, he is their dynasty three out of four. I think they were a dynasty a before this. I mean, they pretty much are, but now it's like, now it's definite. I he's think like literally one of the best quarterbacks ever. Now I know he's cemented. tracking to be better. Like everybody's saying, Oh, he's tracking to be better than Tom Brady. He is. And I he's think better he's Tom- already better than Tom Brady. Well, he's better than Tom Brady was at, at his age. He's like 28. He's won three Super Bowls, 28, three Super Bowls. I'm 29. I've won none. <laughs> I got a lot of work to do. I'm I've got debt and things and bills like but yeah Mahomes I mean I like my job but I'm not an MVP quarterback of the Super Bowl two out of three years don't ever let me bet against Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid I'm gonna remember this if we ever do like heavy heavy bet plays don't bet against Patrick Mahomes always whatever he's on do the over fun fact though always pick the, the Russian Muslim Always bet Patrick Mahomes. I was in the UFC. In the UFC. In the UFC, always pick the Russian Muslim and then always go with Patrick Mahomes. Those are two things we we have learned in the 32 episodes of Split Decision. All right, so picks this week or bets this week? Let's jump into bets this week. Little change of how we're going to do them because we don't want another tie. We're going to dictate the units. In season one, I mean, season two, season week two, one. Week one. This is going to run. Changing it up. Now, this season is going to run from now until week one, or the uh, I guess preseason week four, week three of the NFL. I would say week one of college football. Okay. Whatever week. Just the week before. Is the it, NFL. Wait, does week zero count for week one? No. Okay. Week one. Real week one. So week one will be the start of the next season. Week yes. zero will be the last week so that's of this season. Pretty much Labor Day. Now to Labor Day. So season two, week one. What do you have for your bets, sir? So we did you explain the units we're doing? I ten? figured you could just say it. They would so follow we're along. Each gonna do ten units a week. Uh, 
picking our bets the same exact way. We're just putting uh, more units if we want to put a unit on, if we're that confident in the bet. With that being said, out of my five bets, I'm going to spread evenly two units each one. So just keep that in mind as I read these off. I got three MMA and two soccer this week. I got three MMA as well. Okay. So my MMA ones, I got Robert Whitaker, Moneyline, minus 225. Again, two units. I've got Whitaker. I got Ian Gary, Moneyline, minus 235. Same. And I got Marab, minus 195. Nice. I have Volk. All um, those money lines. Money line as well. My my UFC bets, Ian Gary, money line, Whitaker, money line. I put three units apiece on both of those. I'm a little bit more confident than you. Volk, I bet him, did one unit on that one. Money line as well. I think he's going to win, but it's better odds, and I'm a little less... I'm more nervous, I guess I should say, about that pick overall. What do you have for soccer? You said you had two soccer? Two soccer. I have two college basketball. Okay. So my two soccer, I got the Arsenal money line over Burnley, minus 300, and the Ajax Amsterdam money line over Nedjamin, NEC, minus 245. I'm proud of you for at least attempting to say that correctly. I'll never be able to correct you because I'll never say that correctly myself. I got two basketballs, Texas Tech over Iowa State this weekend. I got one unit on that one. I think with how good their defense has been, they've beaten several top 25 teams already this season. I think they're going to walk in. Coming off of a big win. They just well, beat there's Kansas. Gonna be a game. Yeah, there's going to be a game between this. Uh, they're playing they play this, uh, but they just beat the shit out of Kansas. Yeah. But I think they're going to win. I got one unit pick. on them beating Iowa State. And then Kansas, I think, is going to beat Oklahoma State. I got two units on that. Both of those teams are Oklahoma, not Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. Yes, Sorry. Correct. I forget that you have to, you can't say the state on everybody. Uh, I got Kansas beating Oklahoma. Both of those teams lost to Texas Tech recently. But I think Kansas being the better team, they're going to win here. I got two units on that one. College games are kind of weird because we're recording on Tuesday. Odds aren't really out yet. So we're going to get odds as soon as they come out, and they're going to be on the socials. All right, so those are our five bets for week one. Let's move on. We're picking our own picks. Pick my own picks. So we did five MMA. We're going to do an even 10 picks overall. So that's five pick-your-own picks. Uh, I have four soccer and one college basketball. I went straight all five college basketball. Okay. Do your soccer first, because I think we talked about it earlier, and we have an intersecting college. Yes, we do. Cool. So talk about all your soccer, and then we'll go to the all-college route. Uh, so my first soccer bet, I mean pick, game I'm bringing to the table, is Lost Arsenal versus Burnley. I picked Arsenal my bet earlier, obviously, so obviously I'm picking them to win that. Uh Man, if they score another six goals, that would be nuts. It's possible. Burnley is near bottom of the table. Oh, so you're just trying to get an advantage early on in the season against Man, me? I've been picking Arsenal every week. That's fair. You have done them several weeks. The other ones, yes, though. Uh, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> I got Ajax Amsterdam, as I said earlier. Uh, they are playing NEC Nedjamin. I have Ajax winning that one. Then I go to the England second division. The championship, it's called. I got Leicester City playing Middlesbrough. I got Leicester City winning that one. And then I go to France. I got Lille taking on Le Havre. I got Lille winning that one. How do you spell Lille? 
L-I-L-L-E. Do you think I'd know anybody on their team? No, probably not. Okay. All right. Well, I guess I'll learn this weekend when I watch their game. Yes. And then I think uh, we're going to jump to college basketball because, as you said, I think we have one of the same college basketball picks. Yeah, I got... Well, you want to do that one first? You want me to get, jump to my earlier in the day on uh, Saturday picks? Because I think that you do one's... your early day picks, All and right, then we'll cool. end on the uh, our joint pick. I got Texas Tech at Iowa State. Iowa State's ranked ten, but I think Texas Tech's been playing very well lately. Pop Isaac's got like almost seventeen points a game, beating Rashawn Gilbert's thirteen point nine. They protected the ball a little bit better, so I think Texas Tech's going to win. I just I got that feeling they beat Kansas. They've they've been playing they beat very some good well. teams, yeah. Yeah, they beat some good teams. Um, I got Kansas versus Oklahoma. Both teams have lost to Texas Tech recently. That's kind of my uh, my thing this week. Is a I'm looking at Texas Tech a lot. Uh, Kansas needs to rebound strong because. They only put up 50 points against Texas Tech. They lost 50 to 79. It's a bad, bad performance. Um, Oklahoma also lost to them, like I said, but it was a high-scoring game. It was like 84 to 83. Uh, the Jayhawks lead college basketball in assists, which is great. And Kansas has been just a way better team when Kevin McCollum Jr. has played or played well. I think Kansas is going to win in this matchup against Oklahoma. Then we got Kentucky playing Auburn. Um, both are coming off losses here. Kentucky lost to Gonzaga. Of course, like I said, recording this on Tuesday. Auburn lost to the Gators. Both high-scoring teams in the, in the league this season. Um, Kentucky kind of has a small favorite on points, points per game. They also lead the league in threes this season. First in the league in threes, which is pretty cool. They're is that the NCAA or in, in NCAA? SEC? Yeah, I'm, I'm going total total college football. Basketball. Or basketball, sorry. I'm so used to saying basketball. Um, Auburn does have a slight advantage in rebounds and assists, though, showing that they're playing kind of pass-friendly ball with better defense. I still think Kentucky's going to win. And then right before our mix-up pick, I got BYU versus Oklahoma State. BYU is 19th in points per game and second in the league in assists, where Oklahoma is off of back-to-back losses, where Jackson Park, uh, Robinson is scoring 13.5 points per game and 3.4 rebounds per game. Jaron Small is scoring 14.2 points per game and 5.2 rebounds per game, making me think BYU is going to kind of keep that rank of 19 or get a little bit better after this weekend's games. So you're picking BYU? BYU for the pick. Okay. And now let's move on to the game we have in common. It's probably the best game of the weekend. Number one, UConn. Number four, Marquette. This is the first meeting of the season. They do meet again in like two weeks. This one is in Connecticut. Uh, UConn, as I said, number one. They've won their past five games. So is Marquette. I'm excited. I'm actually excited for this one. And I don't really get into college basketball yet. I got UConn winning. I think they're the better team. Uh, Marquette's kind of a, it's not the first year they've been good, but they're, you know, UConn has been good for a while. Marquette's like a new team. I think. Dude, UConn hasn't lost since December. That's, yeah. that's a long time. 
22 wins, two losses. They're 12 and one in the league too. They're playing great defense. They've got a bunch of assists. They're passing the ball very often. Big East basketball is back with it. This brings it back into prominence. Not I don't know what that means. Continues to be in prominence. It used to be like the best basketball league. Then uh, the football changing of conferences happened like 20 years ago. Ruined the league. And then now it's kind of back. Basketball-wise. Marquette has been playing tough. If they're going to win, they have to protect the ball better than than they've been protecting the ball. They've been having too many turnovers. Where do you think Marquette is located at? I have no idea. I didn't even pay attention when I was looking at it. I was was just curious. Wisconsin. Milwaukee. Their logo, they just, nothing that, about their name screams Wisconsin. Yeah, no. No idea. But I think Connecticut's going to win if that's any consolation. Yeah, I picked UConn too. Sick. Well, look, that's our uh, our stakes and our takes for this week. Not only is that stakes and takes, I think that's the episode for the week. Episode 32. Covers everything. I think so. So check us out next week, episode 33. We're going to recap UFC 298, see if Volt keeps his title. Uh, we're going to look ahead to UFC Mexico City. We got Moreno, Roy Val 2. We're gonna That's going to be an interesting fight, dude. We're going to go over the picks we just made and give you some new picks. So check it out. Oh,